0: FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts
1: Father Rob Gallia
0: and Justine Cumbo as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father Rob
1: Gallia Homilies. Welcome to season six with our new brand new co-host, Woohoo! Justine. So good to be here on the podcast. Are you excited? I are you nervous? am what are you feeling?
2: so excited. I've been a longtime listener of the podcast, so um, it's really cool to be in it and among it.
1: And uh, do do you, do you get nervous? You, you're a public speaker. I've seen you stand on stages in front of thousands of people and mm. preach. Was it? Thousands? I at
2: one million thousand and <laughs> forty seven percent get nervous. So, um, but this is kind of it's a bit more chill. I feel like there's a bit of a family vibe going yeah. on with the podcast. So.
1: Um, and, and and you listeners, please send in even your, your encouragement <laughs> to her to let her know that you're not here to judge her. Thank we're here. you.
2: I also accept free food, so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll send the P.O. box later. But it is a blessing we're already, season six. And we're going to explain, continue to... Develop this podcast from your feedback. We have some new segments and some new exciting things that are happening throughout. We're going to keep the same format where we're going to go through the gospel and understand what Christ, what Jesus is telling us on on the Sunday before the Mass Mm -hmm. And this is so good. I mean, we have a lot of priests that listen to this podcast wow. to prepare their homily. Wow. How oh, good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's like the cheat that you want. <laughs> exactly. No, so this
1: is, this is good. So uh, we do the research for you. But the idea is that you go to Mass that you, and you're settled and you understand the reading even before it's explained. And if it isn't explained, you still go out more nourished, more ready to grow the seed of the Word of God. And so this is the point of this this podcast, but also to be inspired by faith as well. And um, Alyssa also will join us next week. And we're so happy to journey with you through this season six. So shall we get to it? I reckon let's jump in. Let's jump in. Okay, so we're going to start by reading the gospel. Um, Justine is going to read from... John chapter, uh, chapter John,
2: chapter John. It's a new um, gospel in the Bible (laughs) called chapter John. Now, John um, chapter six, it's a long one. So I hope you're feeling relaxed wherever you are, but John chapter six, um, verses one to 15, I think. Yes, here we go. So Jesus feeds the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the sea of Galilee, that is the sea of Tiberias and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they, all had, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather their pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them all and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world, Jesus. Knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself.
1: When you read this gospel, like you've studied, you've prepared for this podcast. I've prepared for this podcast while you were reading this. I'm thinking, yes, yes. It's now just it's come it's come to life, and Mm -hmm. this is the exciting part that we get to. Bring this gospel to life to you mm. after we've studied, we've prepared for it.
2: Mm.
1: And I think one of the first things that really stood out for me is is how amazing, how incredibly attractive Jesus must have been to these people. Now, I'm not talking about good looking attractive because the scripture actually says there was nothing that in his appearance that would draw people to 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 himself. That's
2: really brutal. <laughs> I know it's true,
1: but look at the shroud of of Turin. If that's his true resemblance, yeah. he was no supermodel. Mm. He was. See, that's not the point anyway. Jesus drew, but he was heaven on earth, mm. literally heaven on earth. So mm. everywhere he went, people were drawn to him. They wanted more. They were wow. dissatisfied in this life. They just wanted Jesus. Mm. But at the same time, Jesus didn't necessarily want the company, did he? Yeah, it would have been a struggle for him, I think, as a human being.
2: Yeah, we're not talking about, like, just a couple of people following him. Like, 5,000 people, imagine that every day, everywhere you went. you yeah, know, That would be exhausting.
1: Yes, and, like, it says 5,000 men, and it's not that it was discriminating against women, but 5,000 men, meaning, like, the, the men w- would sit separately to the women... Mm-hmm. And so the 5,000 were on that, but women and children would have been more than double that, more than triple, if you'd say, a, a resemblance of, of the demographics of the church. <laughs> there probably were five women to every man. Wow. And so there would have been all, all these people, maybe 10, 15,000 people to feed, and they're in this place. And Jesus is sort of feeling like he wants to be alone. He's tired, he's exhausted. Enough selfies, enough friends, Enough <laughs> enough people. And now he's in this place and he just wants to be still. He just wants to be quiet. Mm. But instead, he's faced with all these people. And, but he doesn't drive them away. Mm. Mm. He gives them this, like, he, he, he welcomes them and he, he, he sees God in them. In his exhaustion, he gets up and he goes to reach for these people. Wow,
2: wow. It's, it's so impressive. It's so impressive to kind of, in a sense, put aside what you want. Mm. and really see where God is and what God is calling you to even as the son of
1: God yes yeah and sometimes when you're praying as well like these things happen i suppose i'm not i'm not married i don't have kids and i don't even live with my family or i don't know you're praying and y- your mom says Justine! <laughs> Justine! Go and clean your room! <laughs> go and clean your room! So many childhood memories! <laughs> and you're, you're, you're there, you're praying, and I sort of can't you see that I'm praying? While at the same time, mom is getting stressed out, or even pa- parents are praying, and then all of a sudden the child is distressed. And you see, this is what Jesus did. He got up from that moment of stillness of prayer. And he went to find God, not only in prayer, but also find God in people. Mm. And so this is such a beautiful life lesson for us as well. It's not not to be distracted by everything in prayer, but also to find God. And this is what the virtue of patience is, to find God in the inconvenience, that mm-hmm. God is present in the inconvenience, God is present in when we want to, when he changes, messes up our plans. Yeah,
2: totally. Which can be so annoying, but, um, yeah, just seeing those interruptions as like invitations, potentially maybe God has a more important task for you that lies outside of your plan. day. um, that's powerful. I think as I was um, reading through this scripture, I'm always, I'm such a people person. So I'm automatically drawn to characters in this scripture and, um, good old Philip and Andrew, yeah. um, just kind of reflecting on them, brought up this idea of uh, a scarcity versus abundance mindset. And, um, you know, that scripture says that Jesus turns to them and asks, where can we buy enough food, you know, for all of these people? And it's not because Jesus doesn't know the answer. It's because Jesus is actually calling them into faith, you know. Um, but immediately... The, the boys, they, they, they jump straight into the practicals. Okay, like, where can we get this food from? Like, there's certainly not enough food. It's too expensive. They're really skeptical. There's too many people. Like, oh, 5,000 people. Like, yeah, how this, are going to feed 5,000 Yeah, like people? five loaves and two fish. Like, basic maths, Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really work. And so um, their scarcity mindset really obscured for them the possibility of seeing what God could do. You know, could do with, and and then you have the flip side where you have Jesus on the other hand, who miraculously produces not just a little bit extra, but this super abundance, this kind of
1: overflow.
2: luxurious overflow, extravagant, um, ec- oh, good yeah. word, this extravagant supply of food, so that not just that people had enough, but that they were satisfied. Um, and I just I was really reminded of John ten ten, where you know. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. You yeah, know, wow. God's not stingy. He's not just giving you the scraps in his pocket. Like he is so um, abundant in what he gives us. And I think I was just reminded reading the scripture, um, you know, where we can't, in situations where we can't, God can. Yes. And when we can't see it, he can see it for us and just giving him that chance. So where we see scarcity... God can bring, um, abundance. And, um, that's the challenge for me in this gospel, you know, in in any situation, not just when it comes to food, (laughs) but in any situation in my life, will I just default to seeing it through my human lens? You know, the scarcity lens of what's practical and what's possible, or will I actually turn to God and, and see the abundant possibility if I just actually hand it over to him to take care of? So
1: And so often eh, in in our lives as well, just we we don't trust God out of fear. Mm. We don't trust because we fear that God is not going to um, uh, hand his end of the deal, that we give God and or we don't surrender to God because we feel that the little we have is not enough. Yes. So there are two sides of things And, and this is what they would have experienced. So Jesus was ready to perform this miracle. He was ready for this abundance. And uh, the, he was met first of all by the sort of the practicality, you'll call Ball it boring, <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, <laughs> yeah. or oh, oh, the doubt, the doubt yeah. as well of Philip. You know, Philip was a local. That's why Jesus asked. Philip, because he knew the local stores. He knew that if anyone knew where to buy food in this area, it would be Philip. Mm. And so he goes, Philip. But Philip becomes and then says, listen, Jesus he's limiting God. He's limiting Jesus. He's saying, hey, hold on. You're looking at these things from a a divine perspective, but let's be practical here. Mm. And Jesus is not interested in being practical here. (laughs) He's not interested. He wants... These people to be fed. His, the his bowels. They said turned inside out with compassion, with empathy. He was like a child seeing, like a parent seeing their child starving. Whoa! And so he would. He was in a sense desperate, to be extravagant. He was desperate. He would stop at nothing. To provide for his children, and so he comes to this point, and then he just imagine, and then he's met with all of the practicality, and then he hears a voice from the side saying, "Hey, hold on, Jesus! This is Andrew saying, hey, Jesus, check this out,' and there's this guy." a little guy who comes to say hey i don't know if this is any use to you but if you want here, here take it probably offering it to jesus himself mm. not necessarily to the crowd mm. and so he offers these five barley loaves now barley loaves you just think of them as mini donuts you know like small <laughs> barley we'll talk about the barley uh, the, the the barley was the roughest the poorest of bread you could find Mm. it wasn't the normal bread it was the the, uh, barley was what animals ate wow so it wasn't the nice bread the fancy bread to put it
2: in context my mum used to buy like the discounted bread with like three discounted stickers (laughs) on it like
1: that's the bread (laughs) we're talking about
2: bit of mold we'll just take it off
1: (laughs) yes And so it was, it was, it was bad taste. It was, it was just practical to feed one, two people. Okay. So fine. But also the two fish, Justine, tell us something about this fish that we might not know.
2: Well, I was picturing like an actual fish, like a normal size fish and how random that that would be in somebody's backpack. But um, I think they used to preserve their fish. They were like sardines.
1: Yeah. So literally they were. Sardines, like sardine-sized fish.
2: Yum! I don't know about you
1: guys, but that sounds great. <laughs> so, because they used to pickle them. Oh, even is.
2: better! I love pickled
1: sardines. So they, used to, they used to catch these fish, and they were uh, these small fish, and they used to pickle them. Why? Because they were fish for the journey. So mm. every Jew, um, when they used to travel, because the Jews were like vegans or. They non, they weren't vegans, but they all gluten intolerant or something, whatever. <laughs> I'm gluten intolerant. So whenever I go, I have to take my own food mm. because they couldn't eat. The Jews couldn't eat unclean food. So they would travel to Gentile territory and they were offered pork. They couldn't eat pork. So what did they do? They never left home, really.
2: Without pickled fish. <laughs> without pickled fish and bread. <laughs> wow. So
1: they used to put it in this like mm. jar. In this basket. And they used to travel. They used to have hay in the basket so they could lay their head. They used to have bread in the basket sometimes. And then they used to have these pickled fish, which they used to nibble on as they journeyed, as they walked. And they met together with this beautiful breath. Is... Hi, guys. <laughs> and that's why everyone sat down. Chewy
2: didn't exist
1: at that time. <laughs> no. And so this is what they were offering Jesus. These five little donut-sized breads. And I'm not talking about the... The, the big donuts, the little the stop holes. Stop saying donuts.
2: I just can't <laughs> stop thinking about donuts now.
1: <laughs> and they, and these two little pickled fish. <laughs> just imagine Sorry. him offering it to Jesus. He's offering it to Jesus and Jesus is looking at him. <laughs> and so he's like, are you serious? Wow. Are yeah. you serious?
2: I'm looking at him saying,
1: are you serious? Yes. Like you can't are you giving it. me these two pickled fish? What am I going to do with them?
2: If we don't get pickled fish sponsorship after this episode, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) No, I think it's incredible. And speak of the kids, again, I'm all about the characters in the story, but I think he's the real superstar, second to Jesus, um, of this story. Because as we've been laboring the point, like what he had to offer was almost embarrassing. Like it's almost funny. Like it could have been a joke of like, I see all these people, but here's my loaves and my little fish. And, um, you know, he could have said, what's the point? You Mm. know, he really could have said, what's the point. And whilst all the other disciples were busy trying to calculate and and think of practical solutions, the kid kind of just got to it and almost innocently handed it over to Jesus. Not even, probably not even thinking about what Jesus could do with it, but it's what he had. So he just gave it, um, to Jesus. And it's, This is the the most, I I suppose, powerful moment is um, what is just fish and loaves in your hands. You know, when you put it in Jesus's hands, what it can become is just more than you can imagine. You know, what did Jesus do with it? He didn't just, you know, times it by one or two, but thousands. He times it, multiplied it by thousands. And I just think about my own life. I think Mm -hmm. about so many situations or even my areas of giftedness or my um, or or scenarios in my life where I feel stuck and I can think, well, what's the point? Mm. And all I have is is this, like what's the point in even trying? What's the point in even asking God? What's the point in even handing it over or putting effort into it? Um, but you know what? In our hands, it might just look like fish and loaves, but when we put it in Jesus' hands, what he's able to do with our situations through us to transform in us, to multiply in our life is far beyond and what we could do. And, you know, just like the disciples had to trust, it's this trust when it doesn't make sense and still trusting and still feeling silly with your pickle fish and your barley loaves, but still giving it to God, that trust, man. And when you surrender that and see what God does,
1: that's what deepens your faith. It is. And I love what you said about, like, he didn't even think much of it. That attitude of generosity, of extravagance. You know, he, this little boy, had this attitude of, like, detachment in a sense. Like, at the end of the day, Jesus was detached from his need to be consoled, his need to rest. And this boy was also detached from his security Mm -hmm. of having a meal for the rest of the night. He was ready to offer it. So Jesus, so there's a lot of extravagance that's happening there, a lot of generosity. And that's why God is able to work. That's why the miracle happens. Miracle could happen without. Uh, he didn't need the five loaves and the two fish. Yeah, often wondered. Need. But it was action, reaction, you know, mm-hmm. an action of generosity. God couldn't, almost could not, not perform the miracle. Wow. He could not because God acts in, with faith when yeah. there is faith. God reacts with miracles. Mm. That's the way God works always. When when the woman broke the alabaster jar, the miracle of forgiveness. The, he had to stop when the the the, the woman acted in faith and, and touched the side of his, his the hem of his clothes. He stopped and he acted with a miracle. You see where there's faith, the reaction is miracle always. That's how Jesus worked. And so this is why. Jesus tells us, ask and you shall receive, because he knows that mm. he cannot resist our faith. Wow. He cannot resist it. And so this is, I think, the beautiful thing that you brought up Just is just, like, that he, he didn't even think about it. Yeah. He just, his mom taught him to be generous, yeah. to give. Yeah. His mom taught him to love. And he didn't question it. His mom probably pushed him. Said, "Go and offer this to Jesus."
2: <laughs> She's he, probably Maltese.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Nah, And kidding. so she, and so he went. He mm. went, and he, and because of that, because of that maybe insignificant gesture yeah. of, and the barley bread, which was the lowest of the bread, mm. and the fish, which probably there were thirty, and now only two left. <laughs> like Jesus, I know this. I don't know. I imagine this, just thinking, like. <laughs> Buddy, where are the rest of the You fish? went
2: a bit heavy on the snacks on the way. Yeah,
1: so they would have had a quite a few. Anyway, and this 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 is beautiful. And not only that, they were left over for fragments. Mm-hmm. And we will talk about the fragments. But Jesus takes this bread and he takes this fish. And what does he do? He takes it and he becomes father. He becomes mm-hmm. the father to the crowd at that moment. Mm-hmm. And the provider, the one who is just cannot help but provide for his children. Mm-hmm. And he, he, how do we? What do I mean by father? Was that he said the prayer of the father of the of the Passover meal? Mm-hmm. This is what the father does every Passover meal. He takes the bread and he says this and the same. Tell me if you recognize this prayer. And I, I know it by heart for some reason. <laughs> he says this: "Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life." Wow! You see. That is what the Jews say. This is what the priest says at the, at the time of the offertory. So this is the beautiful continuation. The manna in the desert, God providing in the Old Testament. Here providing for his people. And then in the Last Supper, boom, the same prayer wow. providing I think I just Eucharist. had
2: three mind explosions within yeah. each other. Like, oh my gosh. You see,
1: so this is all continuation. It's all intentional. This is what God is happening. It's bringing us again, ultimately, to the greatest miracle of all, which is the Eucharist. Wow. And so this is God's love. But not only that. And then the same in the Eucharist. There's leftover. There's abundance. The Eucharist you receive, but uh, there are fragments that you have to take home with you and bring to wow. the world. Wow! Mm. And so tell me a little bit about the fragments.
2: Um, well, I don't know all that much about the, the fragments. Um, yeah, I I think maybe I'll leave that to you, but my, my little comment just on that is, um, yeah, like, does God need the bread and the loaves? No, but I think the reason why he asks is because he, he wants to cooperate with yes. us. He just does he doesn't just want to be a performer for us. Like he can do things without us, but he wants to be in relationship, that kind of fierce relationship that you were talking about, and that involves us like He's actually interested in what we can bring. And I think the intimacy of that is is really um, is really powerful. And and what we bring matters to God. Um,
1: but yes, I, it does. Like what we bring matters to God, and mm-hmm. exactly. And so the, 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 there's nothing too small or nothing too big. Yes. I really just quickly like to talk about these fragments Because you see, this is what happens It was a Jewish tradition that at a feast The people who ate dropped the fragments Left some fragments on the side For the hosts, for the ones who were serving them For the waiters, for Mm -hmm. the people who were serving And so this is what they did They put some fragments aside for the waiters They filled 12 baskets, 12 Those are very messy people Yes, but 12 (laughs) baskets, why 12 baskets? There were 12, 12, 12 apostles, apostles. Mm. you see. So they were the ones serving. The apostles were the ones serving. They, God provides for us as well, for the servants. He provides. When we are generous with God, the apostles generous with God, they were serving people not knowing whether they would eat.
0: Mm.
2: But
1: not only that, they had baskets full wow. to eat after. Wow. Leftovers, a bit soggy, of the, some yeah. of the bones, and they don't know if I want to leave. I
2: didn't have, have a microwave either. How do you buzz
1: this? <laughs> I don't know if I would want to eat fragments. Of, Especially of, if of it's pickled, pickled fish, <laughs> sardines. I'm sorry, we mean no disrespect by laughing maybe about. Maybe that. It.
2: No, I've never tried them, so you can't diss it before yeah. you try. So no. maybe um, next I think episode. Enjoy it next episode, we'll bring some pickled sardines.
1: In, in England, they have kippers. No, this really similar, ah. but kippers are much bigger. H- here we go. Okay, so I think we've talked a lot about the topic But here, this last part of the gospel Is that they take him and they want to make him the Messiah They want to make him king They want Mm. to enthrone him Basically, they want to contain the miracle And this is what we do sometimes We experience God, God's love And we want to contain it But God said, hey, I'm not sitting on any throne right now I'm going to the cross I'm going to the cross, and mm-hmm. so it's not even about the miracle. It's about, and that's why we receive the Eucharist. It's to give us the strength, the nourishment we need to keep journeying, to keep walking, not to the throne, mm. but walking to the cross. Mm. And and that's what Jesus did. In fact, he mm. took his disciples, he trained them, and we know a few um, weeks, months later, he was was taken to the cross. Yeah. And so this is. Um, this is a beautiful uh, explanation. Also, this gospel is very reflective of the Eucharist and our call to take the Eucharist, to carry the Eucharist, take the fragments, and then head to the cross. Let's let listen from them to our ministry partners, um, our ministry FRG ministry partner sponsorship.
0: The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month as well as enabling FRG Ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG Ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG Ministry partner, head to frgministry.com donate.
1: We have a new segment. We're, we're, this this is not Permanently replacing The dad jokes I know some of you Will be really sad mm, They were so amazing
2: <laughs> Father Rob Where did you get Them all from? <laughs>
1: oh, a secret Secret no.
2: they, <laughs> A <people>. secret <laughs> vault Under a vault In a box In a box Under a table Is where your dad jokes lie <laughs> And maybe you
1: should remain Oh Kidding. no Kidding Nah that were, all we're right. still, We still have some dad jokes For those of you Who feel disappointed <laughs> We still have dad jokes But <laughs> we have The new New segment Called mystery box dun, So. Dun. Done. <laughs> For those of you watching a video, we have a, a, the camera we're filming in is the box. <laughs> yeah.
2: For those who don't have a video, it's a camera box, but that's what makes it so mysterious because exactly. is there a camera inside? We do not know, but we will find out. So essentially, the mystery box, the new segment, um, we are on a hunt. Uh, across this season six, Um, anytime we pass like a $2 store or a cheap store to find the most random objects that we can find that really are unexplainable, potentially unusable, a little bit quirky, a little bit odd. And then uh, we're going to unbox them and put them in the mystery box. And uh, each week we'll take turns in uh, allowing the other person to have a stab in the dark as to what this random object might be what it might be used for so so i have to
1: guess what is in that box
2: you can guess what's in it and then open it because i'd love to know what you
1: think that is inside i'd like it's it's certainly lighter than a camera yeah um it was very expensive (laughs) i invested a lot of money in
2: this product so please be gentle all right
1: can i ask a couple of questions Is is it breakable
2: um, look, if you're a violent person, possibly <laughs>
1: Okay, I know it's very light Okay, so I'm yeah. going to open the box Yeah. And what we'll do at the end, maybe, of the, the season Is we'll have a big giveaway we'll Whoa, give them- <laughs> you definitely want this one <laughs> Okay, so I'm opening the box
2: Right, wow, there's many lids to this box And there's
1: another lid to the box oh. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even wrapped. I okay. No, because I
2: took the box. The, the wrapping actually told you what it was, so I didn't want to ruin so it. I'm seeing,
1: do you do you even know what it is? I do. Okay. I do, and it's so very I'm clear. like a big toothbrush,
2: which also looks like a mini toilet brush.
1: <laughs> it's a very for very big teeth, and then yeah. it has another brush at the end. Yeah, which is very weird. We'll probably need to take a photo of this, and Ooh, then yeah. it has a box. Yeah, inside. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was something to clean to clean, but ah, it doesn't
2: it doesn't to ha- store all your rubbish in from <laughs> mini pickup trucks.
1: <laughs> well I'm gonna take a guess. I'm gonna think it's it's to clean dentures of some sort.
2: Are you kidding me? No <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what it is how do you know that of course it's a denture bath and brush <laughs> it looks like a day spa for fake teeth so uh, <laughs> what are you? i can't believe you guessed that i'm shocked i i'm shook i need time to process <laughs> that's
1: amazing well i didn't to be honest things that put me Gave the hint away is this small brush because I can't imagine to clean. What, I think what you do... could
2: definitely use it to clean your nostrils
1: so um, it's optional. But i didn't just this big.
2: I don't know. It looked like a toilet for little people. <laughs> <laughs> I was just maybe so can use it.
1: Maybe, yeah. Oh, so we'll give this as a giveaway at the end. Yeah. <laughs> With our mystery box.
2: If you're a lucky one, you'll get this one. So uh I feel like this is only gonna get better as the weeks unfold. So um
1: So there we go. The mystery box um for those of you. This is I'm um, wow,
2: we're gonna have to debrief this after, so
1: <laughs> but we'll um yeah, so those of you who watched it on YouTube you can actually see it. Um uh, maybe we'll take a screenshot of the video for you yes. to, to watch. Next we have Saint Me a picture. Three, two, It's time for Saint Me a Picture. Who's our saint this week? (laughs) Well, our
2: saint this week is... Drumroll, please. St. James the Greater, not to be confused with St. James the Lesser. <laughs> so I did a little bit of research, but um, what do you know about St. Well, James, James the Greater?
1: Let's talk about this. Why St. James the Greater?
2: Well, funny you the should greater. ask, because yeah. I thought, fire out, if there's a St. James the Greater, then who's the poor bugger who's St. James the Lesser? So there is someone who is St. James the Lesser, and according to my Unverified source. Apparently, the title "the Greater" was added to Saint James's name to help distinguish him from the Apostle James the Less, who is believed to have been shorter than James the Greater.
1: So, um, I don't know. We'll have to verify that, yeah. but it's, but it certainly is interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, I'd rather that than being having been called the less because you were inadequate. So yeah. um, we'll run with the height difference. But
1: St. James the Great was an apostle, one of yep. the 12. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, J- John's brother, known to be also possibly, probably Jesus' cousin. first wow. cousin. Yeah, so they were cousins. And so the, in the scripture, it says your brothers and sisters and uh, um, James' right. brother and sister. So the, um, this, the Hebrew word could be cousins. It could be people living in the same household. So they were good friends. Um, he was a good friend with Jesus. Um, he's a patron saint of fishermen as well, as many, and of of Spain, of many places as well. But he, Jesus called him and his brother John to be fishers of men. He says, you will be fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Again, we talked about the multiplication of fish. And, um, and so uh, also we have James, who's uh, the patron saint of fishermen. Um, he went around preaching. And he w- was lived frugally, simply. He, I just imagine him just walking around with a little, little walking stick, just going around, just telling people about Jesus. He had a story to tell, and he would tell anyone who was ready to wow. listen. But the um, yeah, sort of they he lost his head, and then
2: he did, he did. So he preached um for around forty years around Spain, and then came back, um, and was martyred for his faith by King Herod, who exapitated him so um he is known as the first disciple to um have died
1: yeah so the first uh, the apostle first apostle martyr.
2: sorry yes the apostle martyr yeah yep um and i don't know if you're familiar with the camino de santiago yes, de Compostela. the way, yeah. have you walked it
1: no i haven't but i have uh, yeah I have a lot of friends who have yeah great well it's a- and i watched the movie the way
2: yes the i way. have as well a yeah, little while ago but um it's said that he it's believed that he's buried in Compostela, which is like the final destination mm-hmm. that people make the 30 day pilgrimage towards.
1: Yes, so you can actually drive there. <laughs> or you can take a long Well long, if you're uh, lazy 30 day <laughs> pilgrimage there. What did he teach us? His book the book he wrote, first of all, he wrote the book of James, the epistle, one of the epistles. Um, and he um the epistles, you know what the epistles are?
2: Please feel free to explain.
1: The wives of the apostles. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking, joking. No, That's a dad joke. I couldn't resist. No.
2: Yeah, to get it no, in there. The,
1: the epistles are the letters written by the by the apostles. Um and what he talked about, what he talks about in the book of James is perseverance during trials and temptations. That mm. we are all gonna go through difficulties. That's but he tells us always to remain strong, to live consistently consistently, and to live as people of integrity. To practice what we preach, it's not just living what we believe. And many people don't, don't have that integrity. They live one way and then the sort of the camera's off, the people are out and then they live their own way. And so James was really encouraging his his disciples to live as people of integrity, even though there are so many temptations and so many trials.
2: Solid reminder.
1: And yes, and so for people it meant life or death. So they had the choice, like especially in the time of, of martyrdom. But this is what um, James teaches us always to live as as people of integrity, to be strong, to persevere. Let's hear from our sponsor again for the Catholic courses. FRG
0: Ministry presents our new online course subscription package. As a member, you will receive digital on-demand access to FRG Ministry's growing library of online courses. FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional, and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students, and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible, and more, with new courses being added regularly. All courses include high definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. For more information about enrollment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com forward slash subscription. Here's an interesting
1: one. Catholics and Ooh. veganism. Are you a vegan?
2: I am not a vegan. I have dabbled in vegetarianism. <laughs>
1: dabbled. But
2: um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> didn't didn't last. But um I'm not a vegan.
1: Okay. Um, I've never been a vegan or a vegetarian, so um, but I I do know a lot of people who are like one of my staff members is is a vegan and he took me to a vegan restaurant Yeah, I it's that. actually delicious it is very good Now i I'm, i've had several vegan meals and goodness if i had the patience to do it and i had if it was easier i would con- certainly consider being a vegetarian or a vegan so mm. so what is the church tell tell us a little bit about what you found out as we're preparing f- for this
2: well um what i i, I kind of already knew but sort of rediscovered is that people are vegan for many varied different reasons. Um, Some do it to alleviate animal suffering, which is a really good cause. Others do it because they want to pursue a healthier lifestyle. And still others are, you know, real fans and advocates for sustainability to, you know, reduce greenhouse gases. And all of those things are really, really good things. Um, But it still leaves the question... Father Rob mm-hmm. Like should Catholics Be vegan or should it be Kind of mandated Or strongly encouraged For Catholics to be vegan
1: Okay well Let's think about it this way First of all It is um, It's an amoral issue It's not Amoral means That it is not good it, Necessarily or intrinsically good or intrinsically bad. Okay, mm. so it's it's a matter. At the end of the day, it's a matter of conscience. So your informed conscience where it leads you to, conscience of of sustain, st- sustainability, looking after the environment, but also what your conscience says about your health in body, mind, and soul. Mm. So it's important to to know that. But we also know at the same time, uh, the question I have is like Jesus. We know that Jesus ate fish. You know, yeah. when he rose from the dead, he ate fish with his disciples. It says. Clearly, that he had fish. We know that he um, he multiplied the fish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't s- say, hey, oh, wait, hold on, remove those two fish and then I'll perform my miracle. Mm-hmm. No, so he multiplied the fish and the loaves. So he endorsed, in a sense, at least uh, um, pescatarianism or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, he multiplied that. He also went the idea of fish as well. When Jesus, when they were fishing, Peter, he says, throw the fish. This was James, actually James and John. He says, "Throw the net on the other side," and then they caught a lot of fish. And then at the end of, at the um, after the resurrection, the same thing: throw the net on the other side, and they caught a lot of fish. So he sort of endorsed eating fish, or but he didn't suddenly didn't force anyone to eat fish. But Mm. and there's a question as well that um, whether he ate lamb as well, because many Catholics. I'm the Catholic. Jews, <laughs> Jews eat lamb during the Passover feast. There's no scriptural evidence that he did eat lamb, so some people argue actually he didn't. Mm. We don't know. We don't know. But he, there's no words to say that he, um, had anything against that. But I think this, we need to know that, um, it, it isn't a matter of a moral issue, but. We need to have a well-formed conscience when making this decision. Let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is um, 2417 and 2418, if you want to look it up. So this is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. It says, It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing, but it is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. Okay? Okay. We, so there are many questions we need to ask here and we need to talk about yeah. here because it's not black and white mm. i think it's about it, it, where the the moral issue becomes is is the lack of sustainability for example having all these animals and cows and producing all these gases and having these animals killed um needlessly yes. meat being thrown away and and also being tortured. So this certainly, certainly is not God's will. God doesn't want us to harm the animals, to treat animals with a lack of dignity, to store animals in a a pen where they cannot breathe, they cannot eat. That's where it becomes selfish.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. And even just bringing it closer to home for me, because even just sort of researching this challenged me um, because I know that I can be quite wasteful as well, just because, you know, you can rock up to the, we have Woolworths or Coles, our local grocery store, and there's a an super abundance of meat and you don't have to even think about where it's come from. You just grab a packet and pop it in your shopping. And it doesn't really breed a culture or a mentality or a consciousness of thinking about your food, thinking about what you're eating and where it's coming from. And um, whether you are being wasteful or um, I suppose greedy in, in your consumption. I know I eat yes. meat almost every day. It's like yeah. our culture. <laughs> Maltese without meat is like, I don't know if you guys have watched my big fat Greek wedding, <laughs> yeah. but you know, when the mum is like to the vegetarian partner, you don't eat no meat, yeah. I, then I make lamb. <laughs> you know, it's just not in their way of thinking. So, you know, do I have to eat meat every day? No, I don't I don't. And I think I've gone down this rabbit hole of just doing it without thinking about it. And I think that is at the the beginning of of really needing to challenge myself in my own thinking and my own consumption.
1: So it's about, yeah, not wasting. It's also about looking after your body, making sure you have the right diet, but also at the same time, Looking out for nature, God has given us the authority to look after nature and not to take advantage of it. You see, mm-hmm. Pope Benedict was a, a great um, advocate for this. He was talking. He condemned um, the industrial use of 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 animals. You know, mm-hmm. he condemned the fact that fields were taken up, depriving people of food to in order to feed animals that might might not make it to the dinner table. Wow. But it's also I'm choosing, you see, we've come to a place where we're so detached from the food chain that we don't know what we're eating, and we, in many ways, cannot know what we're eating. This is where the moral issue is. Mm. So, we need to know what we're eating.
2: It's also yeah. scary Yes. when you think about that. I don't actually know what's in my meat. Like, yes. I don't know what's in my food. Like, or
1: where it came from or yes. whether the animal was tortured or whatever. We don't know. But, like, for example, I have a priest friend of mine who is a hunter. He's But he's a hunter. He goes with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and he goes and kills and eats the food that he's going to eat. But people, you know, he posts this on social media. But so many people are against him. How dare you? But what do you think, like... It, this is more moral, this is more sustainable than going to a supermarket and buying meat, because he's he knows that everything he hunts, first of all, he's doing it in a fair way with a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and it, it, secondly, the an, animal's not being tortured, but will be killed. Um, killed immediately the the third thing also is that it is sustainable he's not killing a lot of animals mm. and he's not going to kill a, a mother with a baby mm. he's not going to so it, it, that keeping that sustainability and using every part he would eat that meat and he'd distribute it and make sure that nothing is wasted Now, I'm not Mm. endorsing this plus... We're not endorsing
2: bow and arrows. Do not drive around with a bow and arrow. You'll get arrested.
1: (laughs) But even, I'm not even endorsing going out hunting because I couldn't pull a trigger. You know, I couldn't throw an arrow. I couldn't do that. And where am I going to go hunting? Actually, yeah, we do have kangaroos here. And actually, in Australia, for example, the most sustainable meat you could eat are kangaroos and camels. We have more camels in Australia than Saudi Arabia. We have more kangaroos in Australia than we have people. Now, you see, there is some kind of sustainability there, but it would be wrong to cull and kill and just for for no reason. Anyway, so we're talking about, yes, to be mindful of what we're eating, be mindful of what you're putting on your plate. Mm -hmm. When you check that it is not not fair trade, but that animals are treated, RSPCA friendly. Free range and all those
2: important acronyms. (laughs) As
1: much as you can. And if in doubt... Then uh, I think just it's it, sometimes it is important to to stay away from certain things and including myself when mm. I I like I I buy a steak I pay more because I just literally I have the supermarket a few steps down I would just go buy one steak and eat but that's not always possible sometimes <laughs> people have to go to Costco and buy in bulk yeah. and end up throwing things away but just be careful this is where the moral issue is yeah. so should Catholics be vegan? <laughs>
2: The answer is no. They shouldn't, but they can be if they want to be. Yes, and they I don't think, have to be. No, and it's a matter of um your choice. But but in whole, what I would say is, can we be more conscientious about what we're eating? A hundred percent. And I feel really challenged to really sort of find out where my food is coming from and make decisions about the food that I eat. Yes, I mean a more sustainable stewarding manner. Yes.
1: <laughs> and it's important as well as I said to. If, if you feel that the safest way to look after nature to look after him, is to be vegan, to be vegetarian, Amazing. by all means. But also consider as well, if you're a, a 16 year old and you expect your mom to cook for you, just be con- <laughs> conscious of that as well. It's not fair that we decide, boom, to do that. And then all of a sudden all the weight falls onto the people yeah. around us who we depend on. So be mindful, be aware and be grateful of what you're eating. OK, mm. so this is mindfulness is also so important. Uh, veganism is a way of life vegetarianism is a way of is a way of life these diets are a way of life but we need to focus not on ways of life but on jesus who is the way the truth
2: oh drop okay. the mic i like
1: that <laughs> don't drop this one <laughs> but uh, anyway so we've been talking a real lot today this is a Too long much. podcast okay, we
2: need to write it in
1: <laughs> okay so thank you so much for listening to the uh, episode one season six Please stay in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Say hello to Justine. Tell her um, how awesome she is and, and Alyssa as well. Um, we look forward to this amazing season of getting to know the scriptures more deeply, opening more mystery boxes. Um, <laughs> please stay in touch with us on social media, um, on Instagram at Ministry or at catholicinfluencers underscore. Also, if you're on Twitter at Inf- Influences. Um you can go to frgministry.com forward slash podcast and also Email us at podcast at frgministry.com. If you'd like to send some mail, snail mail, go to P.O. Box 96, Strathdale, Victoria, 3550 Australia.
2: And if you would like a denture bath, just (laughs) let us know.
1: (laughs) We'll We'll give that as a giveaway (laughs) at the end. So thank you so much. God bless you. And we'll see you again next week.
2: See you guys.